Welcome to the Retro Video Store Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Retro Video Store. I'm your host, Eric. Hi, Eric. And that's my co-host, Neil. I'm Neil. And who all, plural, is with us today, Eric? Well, Dave is back. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. How was your uh, uh, mission there in uh, Mississippi? That was good. It uh, was a mix of... We had a... Let's see, fro- f- we were frozen and stuck in a hotel for a couple of days, and then we had uh, a couple of fires, control burns, and a tornado. So it, uh, the whole thing it was a good time. Awesome. And we have a very special guest. We have Katie from the podcast Sisters Who Seen It. Golf clap. And, uh, yay, it's all clap for Katie. All clap for Katie. Doing finger snaps. <laughs> we're going to see if we can class it up since we have a lady with us today. Oh, Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the Retro Video Store podcast, so this is really exciting for me. All right. We know Katie has low standards, so that's good. This is a great starting place. <laughs> I know we have mentioned uh, Sisters Who Seen It a few times on the podcast, and I definitely uh, suggest you check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoy the uh, past two podcasts with uh, Grease and Footloose. And I think uh, Moulin Rouge just came out uh, a couple of days ago. Is that correct? Yes. We're kind of in the midst of musical March. So a lot of all our movies in this month are music themes. We've got Moulin Rouge that came out and then we're going to have another one uh, next week. The last, last week of the month. So speaking of musicals, which is crazy that you mentioned that, Katie, because we haven't rehearsed this ahead of time. Um, which is sarcasm because we just lost our first attempt at this, folks. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, fifteen minutes of, of podcast gone. I I wrote a new thing. I, I want to run this actually by Eric and Dave for the first time because they they don't even know. I wrote us a brand new uh, theme theme song for the podcast. All right, sweet. Yeah, you want to you want to hear it? Sure. Okay, I want to hear it. I'm, I'm going to have to go acapella because I don't. Of course, I don't have my setup, and I don't have my Les Paul or any of my stuff with me. I've usually I've got a 30 piece drum set that usually goes with that too. Um, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Because <clears throat> uh, it's the Retro Video Store, Retro Video Store podcast. Shooby doo doo doo. It goes something like that. <laughs> what do you think? You're just familiar. stealing. From, yeah, I think you're stealing from Katie and the and her podcast. Yeah. You know what? If you guys can't respect the artist in the process, I don't know why I share you freaking Philistine. You're a cre- you Cretan. <laughs> that is a good. That brings up a good question, Katie. Do you or Bridget sing that that theme? That's actually um, our mom. I got my mom to sing that because she plays the guitar and she sings and she's very musical. So I roped her into it that way. <laughs> well, that's very cool. Dave does yeah. gangster rap. affair with you. Dave does yeah. gangster rap. He was going to do something for us because Dave does a lot of gangster rap. He does a lot of rap battle kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's cool, Dave. You're like Eminem. <laughs> the Eminem no. of Farmington, New Mexico. Because <laughs> he's wait. That's because he's nuts on the inside. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't going to rap for y'all. I don't. Have... I'll just mumble into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. A mumble rap, like a mumble rap intro for the song. That would be so good. Get on that, Dave. <laughs> I'll start writing. That would be so badass. And all the rappers have names like little, little Dave, <laughs> little. little Neil, little Dave. He's to be fair. I've heard he's had that nickname for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you so much for joining us, Katie. And I have a few questions for you. Okay. What made you start your podcast? Um, well, like most recent podcasters, I started because of COVID. 
And I just found myself having a lot of free time and I was kind of getting a little bored because I couldn't do many things. And I, you know, I was watching a lot of movies because I just naturally kind of do that. And my sister and I, we've always enjoyed movies. We would, you know, go see movies in theaters together and just kind of talk about movies. And, you know, every year with like award ceremonies, we would kind of keep in touch um, that way. So I reached out to her and was just kind of like, hey, I don't know, do you want to do this? And she was down. Uh, I also offered to do most of the work. So that was another selling point <laughs> for her. <laughs> She's like, I just got to show up. I'm, I'm ready. I'm down. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what got us started. But it's it's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, we get to do it every week. I get to talk with my sister and laugh and watch a movie. I mean, what's better than that? Um, the laughter of children. <laughs> world peace. The eradication of disease. I mean, um, have, yes. Okay. If we're going to get technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, so you weren't. All right. Because I was like, man, I could think of a lot of things that'd be better than hanging out with my sister because I don't like my sister. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when about did you start? Um, I think, I don't know when we first recorded, but I think our first episode came out sometime in either May or June. So we're coming up on the one year, which is really crazy to think about. And we've been pretty consistent, which is which is good. So every week we release a new episode and, you know, we've got it. We've kind of evolved over time. We have like an email. We've got a website. Um, we've been trying to encourage, you know, fans to request movies so that we can kind of do that and review movies that our fans want to hear and all the listeners and stuff like that. So it's been it's been a lot of fun and I'm excited to keep continuing it and keep growing over time. You know, Katie, you could have talked it up a little bit for the podcast and nobody would have known. Um, when did this start? It was a Tuesday afternoon. There was a slight mist on the ground. <laughs> um, I was just having a cup of coffee. A little bit. Uh, there was like a, I think an English muffin, just lightly buttered. And it, it, it hit me, my love for film. You could have done it up. Thanks. Uh, thanks for going uh, big time for us there. <laughs> I mean, COVID, all the days kind of felt the same back at that time. So... <laughs> Well, I was just uh, keying in on what she said there at the end was, uh, you know, just fans reaching out to her, her listeners, uh, you know, fan emails. And I just thought, wow, that, that must be nice. Um, what? Know, just, yeah. <laughs> we have one dedicated fan. He does. He sends us emails. So, you know, we appreciate him. Dude, you're, I mean, disre- you're disrespecting our fan, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ron Cole from Maine. Who Ron consistently- Cole from Yeah. Ron, oh, Ron's up there driving around crazy in those logging trucks, aiming for people up there in oh. Maine. He's in Maine. <laughs> up there in Maine. Ron, oh, Ron. Ron, let us know in an email, is is it as messed up there, like driving-wise, as Stephen King? Now, granted, Stephen is a little jaded because he's been smacked by a car. But is it as nuts up there as they've made it look? Because Stephen loves to have people smacked by cars in his movies. Help us out. I have never been to Maine. Ron, don't talk to any clowns in the sewer, okay? <laughs> yes, definitely do not do that. That sounds like something that would happen at a rave, actually. <laughs> Anyways, that's, I've been gone for six weeks, so I just wanted to, I don't know, you know, if anybody's been emailing us or if anybody's been listening. Um, I mean, I have, but, uh, you know, just curious. Wow, you don't know if you don't know if anybody's been listening. Again, with the positivity, David. Well, David, I listen. I am a very big fan. I listen to you guys every single week because you guys are awesome. Well, thank oh, you. We've got, we've got two fans. She listens <laughs> twice on the weeks when you're not here, Dave. <laughs> it was really neat hearing that your mom sang the theme song, and it's kind of neat that it's a kind of a whole family affair. How did you rope your dad into um, being part of your podcast? Um, well, he didn't really have a choice. I usually just kind of appear with a microphone and he has to talk into it. <laughs> I um, just recently, I actually bought a house, which is very exciting. But prior to, I lived at home with him. So it was very easy to kind of ambush him. And he himself loves movies. And he, you know, just every day he's always watching something but he's also got a really great memory and he's got a very good sense of humor. So I just kind of thought it might be a good idea to get his input. And we actually had one episode where 
he picked the movie because his favorite movie is Lake Placid. (laughs) So we did do an episode where he was our kind of guest and we talked all about Lake Placid and he didn't even need to rewatch the movie. He could talk about the whole dang thing. Uh, from memory, which is sad, <laughs> but also really funny. So. It didn't eat me. Why didn't it eat me? Because it just ate a cow, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Neil, you and my dad. Yeah, you guys can go talk about like plastic because <laughs> he really loves that movie. Well, d- depending how old you are, I could probably be the same age as your father. So there it goes. <laughs> well, especially from, where we're from, especially from where we're from, because everybody started punching out kids right out of high school. So. We've got friends that are grandparents now. That's sad. Let that sink in, Eric. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> so what what other podcasts do you enjoy, Katie? Um, well, I enjoy your guys' podcasts. And I really mean that, listeners. I'm not just saying that because I'm a guest. I genuinely listen every week. You guys release on Saturdays. And I usually have to do a lot of driving on Saturdays. So I'm always excited. I get to listen to you new episode on those days from you guys. Um, But I actually, I listen to a lot of like true crime podcasts and I guess kind of like paranormal, all like the spooky stuff. Thus my love for pet cemetery, you know? (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's just kind of like a mix of those two, but more recently it's been a lot of, a lot of movies and nostalgic movies is, is my, my favorite. Very cool. And Bridget doesn't like horror movies. She does not. So it's it's difficult on our show because I tried I kept encouraging her. I'm like, we got to be diverse in our movie picks. You know, who knows who's listening? We don't want to exclude people slash. I want to watch a scary movie because I like scary movies. So sometimes that's uh, pulling teeth. But this movie, she told me very flatly, I will never watch that because it traumatized her as a child so i was like okay well i'll have to find another place to do that then <laughs> well, well you a, can always come back here if it's a horror movie this is the place to go this is definitely yes. the place to be well and that's why i love you guys because the movies that you guys do i really do like i love like when you guys did alien and aliens i was like oh my gosh yes thank god i'm so excited now if you're gonna continue don't know if i'll listen to the rest of those you know but I appreciate a lot of your movie picks because they're just, they're just good movies. (laughs) Yeah. I think we'll stop at at aliens. Just like if we do the Terminator movies, we'll be do, we'll do one and two and then forget the rest. As far as I'm concerned, they don't exist. So yeah. (laughs) Well, um, as soon as we know, well, we can proceed with this as soon as we know your thoughts on Conan the Barbarian. Uh, well, Neil, I know that you really love it, so I, can I don't either... love it. It's the greatest film ever made. There's no right. choice for this. Right. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Thank you okay. for correcting me. Um, so I'm going to say it's the best movie ever made, and I'm not going to say that I may or may not have never seen it. But I like Arnold, so I probably would like it. Okay, you can stay, David. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to start a real podcast. I didn't want to break it to you this way, but uh, it's just the way it's going to have to go down, my man. Sorry. <laughs> so this week's movie is Pet Cemetery, not the not the remake, but the original from 1989. Neil, you want to hit us with the uh, Internet Movie Database tag? After tragedy strikes, a grieving father discovers an ancient burial ground behind his home with the power to raise the dead. It was released in April on April 21st of 1989. So I was right a day before my 16th birthday it was made with a made for 11.5 million dollars and made 57.5 million dollars at the box office of course it's based on the 1983 novel by Stephen King and the screenplay screenplay was also by Stephen King didn't you turn 16 it was like uh, April 22nd 89 wasn't it yes i did okay just checking but yeah uh, <laughs> all right just wanted to get that correct katie's probably going god they're old <laughs> I'm like, I was not born yet, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jeez. Oh, I got a a sharp pain right in my age. Holy cow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Pepperidge Farm doesn't remember that one. (laughs) She doesn't remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) After tragedy strikes, a grieving father discovers some sour ground. Sticks his kid in there. Comes back from the dead. (laughs) That's when the bad time started. 
So what did the critics think of it, Neil? Not a lot, but let's talk about it. Gene Siskel called it uh, sickening and gave it zero stars. Gene's a little bitter. Film historian Leonard Malton called the picture a bomb, his lowest possible rating, and declared, in quotes, despite being a box office smash, this picture's contempt for its audience should be obvious even to undiscriminating moviegoers, still vastly superior to its sequel. I did see the sequel. It is awful. Really, really bad. Yeah, I heard it was really bad. Um, Is it like Ramon's theme song bad? (laughs) It's worse than that. It's got the kid from the Terminator. Yeah, Uh his acting is awful. Edward Furlong is is just terrible in this movie. You know what was terrible is realizing that a a, a punk band you really liked would be willing to sell out to do a movie theme song. So as well, I read as, a little bit, a little bit about how that happened is that Mary Lambert, the director of the movie, had directed tons of music videos and kind of had friends in the music industry who knew the Ramones, Stephen King's a Ramones fan, and they they agreed to do the theme song. I wow. actually like the theme song. Hey, Stephen, do you do you want to listen to the Ramones record the theme song for this? Hey, ho, let's go. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I wish I had a crickets. uh, I wove wove that right in there. (laughs) Come on. It's, it's almost like you guys want to be sedated. Uh, Nothing. That's two in a row. (laughs) Two in a row. Nothing. Okay. Uh, Sorry. uh, The Ramones are almost like Chuck Norris for me. So, all right, we'll keep on. We'll keep moving on. Can you work KKK took my baby away into our conversation? Well, you know what the, you know what that truck was called to hit gauge? That was the KKK. It took <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. It's good. <laughs> okay, I was saving that one for later, you bastard, but I'm going to throw it <laughs> now. Just because you were smug. That's the only reason. <laughs> that was pretty good. Neil, that I'm um, actually, um, that was really good. I still have Chuck Norris jokes in my back pocket, too. Don't make me go there. <laughs> I won't. So when did you first see this movie, Neil? <laughs> I probably saw it... Um, Probably April twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. Gonna guess. No, I wow. did. I did. I did see it when it came out. I don't have the the weird like freaky Sheldon from the weird horrible TV show that Sheldon's on memory for movies. But I did see this in the theater. I can't tell you if it was the Allen or the Tota. Where did you see it, Eric? This was a video rental for me. I didn't actually didn't get to see it in the theater. How about you, Dave? I'm pretty sure, I don't know, probably early 90s, one of the one of my horrible sisters had rented it and we watched it. <laughs> Katie, right, Eric? You? Yes. Um, Eric's well, starting to get a little defensive, man. You started calling this yeah. horrible. He knows one of your sisters. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I was not... I didn't exist yet when it came out, but I think honestly, I don't think I saw oh, it till I was a little bit older. I feel like I might've been maybe in grad school. So maybe like early twenties and I love Stephen King so much. My absolute favorite is it. The original miniseries is the better version in my opinion. So I knew that I wanted to kind of watch more of the movies and I actually did read the pet cemetery book and then I watched the movie after and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I'm going to point out the subtle ageism from Katie here for just a second, people. <laughs> okay. So f- first off, Katie decides to slam in. I didn't exist in 1989. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then, but then, and here's what she's doing, dear listeners. But then in my twenties, when I was in grad school, but not giving a year, right. just so you're like, Oh man, not as old as, uh, Eric, Neil and Dave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, well done, Katie. I mean, I could tell you my age, but I feel like you'd get upset. So we're just going to keep it vague. <laughs> well, I'm at, I'm at the age where people walking across my lawn upset me. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's not, let's not get into that. Yeah, you touch same, same for me. I got a new the grill today. Don't touch the thermostat either. I will go off. <laughs> I got a new grill today and that's like the, the highlight of my year so far. So. Didn't those, um, didn't those go out with Nelly? 
<laughs> no, no, yeah, barbecue grill. Oh, a barbecue yeah. grill. I thought barbecue you were trying to keep yeah. a gangster for a second. I didn't get I... some new new gold fronts. Okay, good deal. <laughs> so, so I think Pet Cemetery is pretty pretty highly regarded among horror fans. And if you look at the horror website reviews, it gets very high rankings, like four point five from like I think it was Bloody Disgusting and other you know kind of genre websites. And I agree that it is a can be scary movie in, in certain places, but it also kind of walks that line between being cheesy and kind of unintentionally funny, but also scary at the same time. So I I think it's definitely a fun watch with the worst foreshadowing in all of cinematic history. (laughs) Agreed. Just all over the place. Hey, watch out for that big scary truck right there. Zipping up and down the street. That one's carrying pepperidge farms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was never have another shot of the house yeah it's so obnoxious i am also a huge stephen king fan i'm reading rereading salem's lot right now and i'm thinking that's maybe my favorite of his his books i think it's the scariest probably but a pet cemetery is probably the bleakest as far as like um his his books go although if you like the long walk and other things are very bleak but the the theme of the movie is just what is the ultimate loss and that would be loss of loss of your kid and it is pretty effective but i really don't buy dale midkiff as an actor what did you guys think of him uh, um, <laughs> run, yeah. run with it katie uh, I mean, you know, he tr- he did really good at playing like catatonic when he had to be in shock. <laughs> so that was good. Um, I he topped. He did a TV show where he was like a, a time travel cop karate man that fought with this weird when he'd hold his hands in a triangle and had a weird computer that he would talk to and could run a faster than a four minute mile. He. That was the peak of his of his performance. That sounds me. awesome. Yeah, I know. What was that called? Okay, you are, have we not established that I'm the guy who's supposed to remember shit randomly, and you're the one who's supposed to know it? <laughs> Is it Time Tracks? Probably. I think it's Time Tracks, 1993. Okay, 1993. Australian American co-produced science fiction television series that first aired in 1993 a police officer who has sent two centuries into the past mm-hmm. to a parallel universe must apprehend and return convicted criminals who have escaped, who have escaped prison in the future. Yes, that is the exact show. <laughs> that was where he peaked. Now, just to rub this in, I wonder if Katie existed in 1993. I did. I did. I did. I promise I did. Okay. I was just little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Long after we were both out of high school. So, all right. Still, still stings a little. But here we are. I was in I junior like high. The, you were in junior high? Yeah. Um, Dave, if you could refrain from butting in like that while the grownups are talking. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm caffeinated, man. I'm feeling saucy tonight. This is I awesome. know you are feeling saucy. I can feel it. <laughs> I can sense it. Hey, I've got some trivia uh, if you guys want some for this. Go yeah. for it. What you might find interesting. Um, so one of them is... Uh, somebody that we all love, I'm sure. But Bruce Campbell <gasps> was actually the first choice for the role of Lewis Creed. Oh. Um, yeah. And um, also, the other one that I think would have definitely made this a better movie was that uh says right here, George A. Romero was originally set to direct, but when filming was delayed, he dropped out and Mary Lambert stepped in and Romero directed Monkey Shines, 1988. Um, so, yeah, we could have had uh, Bruce Campbell and George George Romero. That would have been wild, I'm sure. Yeah, mm. I think, you know, Evil Dead, 2 came, Evil Dead 2 came out in 85, no, 87, actually. And this came out in 89, so it would have been hard to not picture Ash chasing his, his cat around in the movie, you know. <laughs> It would have been a little changed the uh, perception of the movie quite a bit. I have, I actually have a little piece of trivia too, if you'd like to know it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, What was the surname of Nicholas II, the last czar of Russia? Brad? John. (laughs) Romanov. Oh. Yeah. Who was the first European explorer (laughs) 
to <laughs> sail into New York Bay. Giovanni de Verrazano. I'm surprised none of you know this. Oh my God. You know, I'm going to be editing this all out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Verrazano Bridge. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. I'll remember I'm, that fact. I'm doing my best to, to bring up some, some trivia because uh, apparently Dave's the only one who gets to do it. But thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Well, you're the one that always gets to read the Internet Movie Database uh, tagline, so <laughs> because fuck, I'm just <laughs> because I can read without sounding out the words, David. All right, Neil. <laughs> okay, everybody, we have a guest. Oh. We have a guest. Don't make me be the dad here and get on get on you for you know ruining the guest. Okay, the guest. okay, then Katie, which U.S. president gave the shortest inaugural address? Oh God, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. George Washington. Oh, okay. Okay. He, he was new. All right. That, that, that's the most obscure I know. So I'm done. All right. I could look up some. <laughs> You're talking about the foreshadowing of the movie. And of course, that's where you meet Judd, played by the awesome Fred Gwynn, better known as Herman Munster. Yes. The two yeah. Utes. The two Utes. Yeah. He kind of had a little comeback during that time with uh, my cousin Vinny and and a pet cemetery, but he acts circles around everybody in the movie. In my opinion, even with his cheesy accent, I, I think he did the the best job in the movie. No, you can see all those Pepperidge Farm cookies stuck between his teeth, though. That was rough. <laughs> you forget how big a man he is until you see him next to other people. That's what I thought too. I was like, "How did he get a pair of overalls that big? That's crazy." He's like seven foot twelve or something. <laughs> Come on, so David. Eight feet tall. How, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for going through with that. Wait, I don't know. He's got to be over six feet, like six five, six six. What do you guys say? Who knows? Um, I will check. Hold on. Why don't you check? Six nine. I'm going to top at six nine. Somewhere between six five and six nine. Let's do this Vegas style. Oh, God. Now it's going to be dead air because I'm checking. Hold on. Um, <laughs> All right. You guys keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, I love him in this movie, and I wish I could adopt him as my grandpa because he would be a really cool grandpa, I think. And he would never run out of pets. Never run out of pets. I think he would sneak you beer, you know, even if you were underage because he just kind of, you know, likes to drink that. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's excellent product placement for um, for uh, Grandpa Judd there with the, the Budweiser. <laughs> yes, he was uh, slamming those down. He was six foot five, six foot five, six foot five. Wow. Okay. He always made me want to learn how to f- to f- strike a match with my thumb because he does that at one point in the movie, and I always thought that was kind of cool. I don't know how many matches I ruined sitting there trying to figure out how to light that, but I've never smoked, so I don't know what the hell I would have done with that skill. But it would have been good. <laughs> speaking yeah. of speaking of grandfathers, uh, he did remind me a little bit of my wife's grandfather and david's grandfather mr mr inskeep he was very tall and had spoken a very wise manner so he kind of had that cool cool vibe going did you think Aww. that dave yeah yeah but gramps never snuck me any beer did gramps ever raise one of your dead pets from the dead no i'm sure he tried or wanted to but uh, <laughs> no he uh no gramps was awesome but when uh, our our dear uh Pet growing up as a child, uh, Pomeranian died at uh, 18 of natural oh. causes. Gramps gave us carpet scraps to and wood to build a little casket for for it. So that's the kind of man Gramps was. Oh, my God. That's so precious. Yeah, he was an <laughs> awesome dude. He was a good man. Good man. <laughs> he wouldn't have tried. To, he wouldn't have tried to replace it with like a similar pet. Would he? <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a completely different uh, looking Pomeranian. It's like, I don't, all right. I thought Fluffy was a boy. Something <laughs> yeah. happened. It's a girl now. It's amazing. Take your dog home. Get it out of my house. See, that's an inside joke from the previous session that didn't go all the way when I was talking about how watching this movie reminded me of the time I traded out my son's betta fish who had died for a identical one. So... Because that wasn't very good parenting. <laughs> and as we talked before, because Eric uh, was living in an episode of the Brady Bunch at that time. So that was, <laughs> it, had, it had to be done. Well, it shows how I can relate to Lewis Creed's dilemma, though. You know, it's tough to have those hard conversations with your kids when you don't think they're quite ready for it. But then again, maybe I wasn't giving them enough credit 
to deal with those parts of life. Well, the, the thing with when when kids and let's we'll, we'll do dad talk here and K- Katie, Dave, sorry. But when kids are that age and when they've lost something like that, um, that is really the best time to to kind of think about, man, do I want to do this again because I'm the one cleaning out the damn bowl. That's true. Fish are a pain in the ass. And then you're like, okay, the fish is dead. It's time to have that conversation. So I don't have to clean the damn bowl. Well, the replacement fish died pretty quickly. And then we did have that conversation and never had a fish tank again. So there we go. <laughs> so you were just a little too tight to keep buying the beta fish. How much are they in yes. Colorado? They're super cheap. Okay. <laughs> Seven, eight bucks. Andrew, this is how much your dad loves you that you couldn't get a third fish. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about Pet Cemetery? Oh yes, we are. <laughs> I'm shocked that we, the, I'm shocked that we've gone off topic. <laughs> I think the movie is kind of just a, you know, this is kind of a weird way to well, it's an easy way to describe it. There's lots of set pieces that kind of frame the movie and it make the makes the movie go very quickly. Of course, you know, they introduce the kids and you get to see, you know, Judd Jud save Gage, but then we get the uh, jogger Victor Pascal who gets hit by a truck, more foreshadowing and the kind of role that he plays in, in the movie. And I thought the makeup job on him was, was pretty good. God, the, the pacing of this movie was faster than a logging truck on a rural road. Yes. Tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah. So here's here. Speaking of trivia, cause as we watched it, as, as I was watching it, as I mentioned before, my wife sits down and watches it and she's like, looks up trivia just to kind of throw things in there. Apparently, when they filmed this movie, nobody wanted to eat lunch with the guy who played Victor because he looked so gross. Oh, that's so, so sad. Yeah, the poor guy was just like he would he would go out. I guess he'd go out to food services and people would be like, hey, Victor. <laughs> Sorry, man. Like, Sorry, we can't do it. <laughs> hey, they made lasagna. <laughs> I'm just going to have the garlic bread. <laughs> I feel like there was actually a documentary made about the making of this movie. I don't know if anyone came across that, but I, you know, I saw it on shutter, but yeah, I never watched it. I feel like I watched it. And the only thing I remember distinctly was a lot of the actors in it were literally local townspeople, like from whatever town they ended up filming in. And I feel like the lady Missy was one of those. She was just kind of like a random local lady. And I don't know if Victor, if Victor ended up being one of those, but yeah. uh, it's called unearthed and untold the path to pet cemetery came out in September, 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to check that out. I'll let you watch it and tell me how good it is. I will. I'll watch okay. it. I love m- making of uh, movies about movies. So love it. <laughs> Which is why I'll let you watch it and you can tell me about it. <laughs> So, well, one thing that I thought was funny is after church dies and they take him to the, you know, to the, the cemetery behind the pet cemetery is that when he comes back, his behavior is really not that different than a normal cat. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. He's kind of an, ass- <laughs> he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. So it's perfect. But this is where we've established that Lewis and Rachel shouldn't be allowed to be in charge of anything. Yes. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm just going to turn my back on the kid for five seconds, which as you as a parent, you know, perfect. That's a perfect way to raise the kid. Uh, we got the, we got the cat. We got the road right there. And the dude over there says pets get killed all the time. I'm just let the cat roam free. What the hell? Oh, you're taking the yeah. cat to get his nuts cut. <laughs> I'll give him a pepperidge farms when he's done. <laughs> Sometimes no balls is better. <laughs> Those balls have gone sour. <laughs> Well, my wife and I were talking about that too, because she watched it with me the other day and we're like, all right, the first thing you do when you move there is you put up a fence and your cat is now an indoor cat. Yes. Trauma (laughs) averted. Time to build a catio. Yes, exactly. So what do you guys think of Denise Crosby in, in, in this movie? I thought, you know, when she talks about Zelda and she does her little, you know, little monologue about Zelda. I think that she did a really good job, but for the rest of the movie, she's just kind of, kind of there. I don't really think she made too much of an impact otherwise. I fully expected her to say during that monologue that, and then my dad climbed down the chimney and had, <laughs> had broken his neck. <clears throat> That's what I was expecting because I, I really wanted more out of L- Lieutenant Natasha Yar personally. I was waiting for the Star Trek reference. It was. was uh, Yes. 
this was this was a great move on her part. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave this franchise and I'm going to go make Pet Cemetery. What are you going to do after that? Nothing. <laughs> well, I do remember her, and this is me back being 16 or 17, that she was an episode of that softcore series Red Shoe Diaries on Showtime. And I, I knew you'd bring that up, too. <laughs> I'm nothing but consistent when it comes to my knowledge of softcore <laughs> cable shows. Anyone who's listened to the show is not shocked. <laughs> Sorry if that creeped you out, Katie. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You didn't. Don't worry. Yeah, I she's thought in she Star was Trek a- too. Yeah, yeah, Lieutenant Natasha Yar. Um, she dies late in the first season. Um, God, what was the, the color of evil or something like that was the name of the episode. I don't remember specifically, but she, she's, I was just going to say, I thought she, I thought she was, I don't know. Okay. I felt like her and the, and the dad, they like just were very kind of calm, um, like a lot. And then the only time she gets riled up is when Judd is like, Hey, this is a cemetery. And she's like, how dare you talk to my kid about a cemetery? I'm like, what? This is what you're getting upset about? I thought that was weird too. What was that that awkward line she had? Don't silly Sally around about this. What the hell? Oh, it's shilly shally. She goes, don't shilly shally. Shilly shally. That was, that was out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell? Is she 87? Like, is that even, (laughs) is that even a phrase? I'm not, I'm not an East coast person. Katie, has anyone told you not to shilly shally? I don't think so. No, I think that was just her. It was just some bad, bad writing. <laughs> okay. Well then brace yourself. Here it comes. Katie, don't shilly shally about when we're on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Now you, now you can say that. <laughs> now somebody said it to you. Now someone check, said that to check you. Check that off my bucket list. Thank you. Thank you. Neil. It's time. It's time for you to bring that back. So I'll tell you what, I'll work it here in California Eric and Dave will work in the whole Colorado, Utah, middle of the country kind of thing. And then you start on the coast and then bam, the East coast. And then there we go. Perfect. We'll we'll just, we'll meet somewhere around, um, you know, Mount Rushmore. Okay. And we'll do the hashtag shilly shally on Twitter. (laughs) Shilly shally. (laughs) Wasn't that was a character in a nightmare before Christmas, wasn't it? It was just Sally. Oh, yes. damn it. Well, you know, you can hope. She, she did kind of shilly-shally, though, so. Well, what did everybody think of the father-in-law not liking uh, Lewis at all? I mean, he's a damn doctor, and he's pretty successful. What's there not to like? It, just, it was a weird grudge that seemed kind of to, kind of to be out of nowhere. Yeah, that was lame. Maybe, maybe, it's, just, maybe it's just the person I am, but... I don't care how sad I am. If, if, if I'm at my kid's funeral and somebody wants to start talking some crap, someone's going to the floor and getting choked unconscious. <laughs> that was, well, that, was the, so that was the weird. worst part. He's just going to, he's just going to stand there with that vacant look on his face. You just know in the back of his head, he's going line, line, <laughs> Damn. line, Damn. line. Damn. And they're like, look, dude, we know you're having trouble. Why don't you just stare off into the distance and try to look pensive, like late eighties, sexy. If you could do that for us, he's like, I can, I can do that. I fully expected to hear him every time I see him. I I know he's got his own voice, but I hear him slightly in the tone of Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. This ground is sour. Whoa. Okay. That cat's not dead. The cat's not dead. It's the same one. Okay. (laughs) I, I looked it up and it is a verb, which means to fail to act resolutely or decisively or as a noun for indecisive behavior. Is this back to shilly shally or? Yeah, I'm not going to let that go. Oh, okay. I, can't, I can't let that go. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I, was, I, was I can't. I can't let that go. <laughs> I am pl- I'm planning on ways to use this in, in normal conversation. I'll keep you updated in the next podcast. Well, one thing I think that uh, Dale Midkiff did well was <laughs> he acted surprised pretty well and did some good pratfalls. You know, when the when the church jumps out and he falls on his ass, and then of course that epic scene where he bangs his head on the coffee table. Oh my that was God. I was rooting for the coffee table. Honestly, that was a good <laughs> that was a good shot to the head. That was beautiful. <laughs> he almost lost an eye. He really went eye first in that coffee table. So anyway, we were talking about, uh, before we went off topic, we were talking about Rachel 
going off about Zelda, which we all thought was just some kind of legend at first. Uh, 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 uh. anybody? Oh, well, that was God. an interesting yeah. l- link to the movie. Oh, <laughs> mine was better. Uh-huh. Dad jokes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, virtual high five with Eric right there. <laughs> Well, actually, I think Zelda is the scariest single part of the movie to me. And we all know that Zelda was played by a man, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And if you didn't know, then now you know. <laughs> you know what, Katie? I don't care how Zelda identifies. And if we can't get over this and grow as people, we're just going to stay backward. So You're right. We should use the pronouns that Zelda wants. Absolutely. Yes. We need to talk to Zelda about that rather than make assumptions. Definitely. Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like that's the part of the movie that most people remember. They remember because it is creepy. It's just something about the makeup and the like spine and the bones and. Ugh, okay, Zelda totally reminds me of the girlfriend in um, Pulp Fiction. Amanda Plummer. Yes, I <laughs> she swear does. To she God. looks quite a bit like Amanda I Plummer. Sw- swear to God. What are Fonzie's like? Cool. And I, <laughs> if she would have gotten up and threatened to execute every last person in that house, I would not have been shocked because she looks a lot like her to me. I she loved does. her. I loved her. And so I married an ax murderer, by the way. She was, she was Zelda. You were great in that movie. <laughs> I'm glad you got, uh, you got the back thing straightened out. Well, I think that, that in the book and in the movie, it, it captures that feeling that you know you get as a kid if you're left home alone, but also get left home alone with the responsibility of taking uh, care of your sick sister, and it's just uh, you know it, it's, it is scary. Just what could be up there? Is Zelda still there? Or you know all that trauma that she had? I thought that was that was probably one of the most believable parts of the movie. And and, and my son was watching the movie with us. He's 13 now, and he watches a lot of R-rated movies with us. And he goes, "Dad, this movie is bleak. It's good, but it is bleak." <laughs> life is bleak andrew yeah then we then we went on to one of those and, and by the way that fish not yours <laughs> he knows he's come to term with time's work <laughs> okay I've come, come clean about the fish well the part where gauge does get run over is pretty effective in in you know inducing a, a reaction out of you because of course it's a child getting run over and then they show the baby pictures and then you know Lewis does that typical no type scream oh, but it yeah. felt very appropriate for for the movie and he was such a cute kid too like they really hammed him up in all the scenes before that where it's just like oh we're just gonna look at Gage being really cute for like you know a couple seconds there's no reason we're just gonna do it. And then it was that much worse when he got ran over. His best work was Kindergarten Cop. His best work, hands down, Kindergarten yes. Cop. Agreed. That kid should have got an Oscar for that performance. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> you know who else was in that movie was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Has he been in any other movies, that Schwarzenegger character? A few. A few. Yeah, I wonder if he's been in any good ones or like epic cinematic masterpieces. I would say yes. I would that, say that Conan the Barbarian. That we've yet to watch. I feel like that's going to be our 50th episode, which is, you know, only like 12 episodes away. I feel that'll be our, you know, our extra special 50th episode. I just keep bringing it up because it, it has to happen. Oh, it will. Okay. It will. All right. No pressure. <laughs> so we talked about the, you know, the father-in-law freaking out at the funeral, but also the, one of the scenes that I really enjoy is when uh, Judd is telling about the uh, tragic story of Timmy Baderman, where they, um, he got brought back from dying. And I thought that was kind of an effective, (laughs) effective piece of the movie. Baderman. (laughs) Nothing, nothing, Dave. (laughs) I'm keeping it clean, man. (laughs) I do have, can I, can I say something about when Gage got ran over though? Go for it. Um, like how the hell like how old is Gage in the movie? Three, four, yeah, three. Yeah, like how the fuck did he get outrun by a three-year-old? Like I don't. I mean, I'm moving around pretty slow these days, but I'm still not going to let some three-year-old outrun me. Um, uh, you know, not very coordinated. And then uh, the other thing is, 
Anybody else ever see a shoe in the road and just automatically think of Gage or that scene? I mean, I always have ever since. And even <laughs> yeah, if- Dave, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying every time I'm driving and I see a shoe in the road, I'm like, oh, Gage. Anyways, that's, <laughs> that's it. No one. I always think, man, there's a kid out there missing a shoe. Oh. <laughs> I think of like drug dealers because isn't that if you ever see the shoes over the power lines or is that an yeah. East Coast thing? Maybe that's no, like that's a sign that there's here in, uh, in here. In this that's area. like a sign they sell drugs. So I feel like I think of that. I just I just imagine Sally Struthers, you know, half in tears. There's some poor kid out there who can't afford both shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's my two cents. I just think of there were a bunch of shoes laying around the roads in Mississippi and places a shithole. But there you go. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not take a look at those Mississippi numbers going up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mississippi has podcast listeners, too. No, oh, they're good people. I'm just kidding. I had a good time out there. Try to sound more sincere, man. We got to get the PR people on you. <laughs> well, one thing that, that made me laugh in the movie is that when they first take, you know, church up to the you know Indian burial, burial ground, that it's a huge trek, and then, of course, um, Lewis falls down. But as he makes the trek several other times, it becomes much easier. First, he's carrying, carrying, you know, Gage, and then he's carrying Rachel. He's getting, you know, a heck of a workout carrying these corpses up to that burial ground. You know, I never considered that until you just said it. That he's <laughs> that he's lugging his. What do you what do you think Denise Crosby's character weighed in that? Like a buck twenty five most. Yeah, she seemed pretty tall, so she's probably like one twenty five, one thirty, probably one twenty five, one thirty. And then he's holding her, he's cradling her. He's not throwing her over a shoulder because a fireman carry, I think, would have been way better to lug her up a hill or over. Apparently, they have large demonic beavers that try to protect Indian burial grounds. Um, <laughs> The, that's when the beavers came and blocked up the way. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> I love how they, I don't know why Stephen King did this because obviously he wrote the book and he was the one who adapted the screenplay. Like, so he, in the book, there's that whole part about like the Wendigo, which is a native American demon, I want to say. And he mm-hmm. like included that in the movie, but only in like, one or two scenes and it was quick and stupid and i don't it was honestly i laughed at that part where he's walking with gage and you see just a face of a man who looks like george washington yelling at him what (laughs) that's a good description of it yes it looks like george washington don't chop down the cherry tree (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) sometimes those cherries are sour (laughs) a man's heart is stonier and if you've read a lot of Stephen King, he has such weird, specific, like colloquial sayings, or maybe they're outdated sayings, but you know, like what you buy is what you own. Well, yeah. <laughs> what is that? You know, there's so many different things he says, especially in, in the books that are just so particular and Stephen King like that, you know, you just, it's kind of a trope of his type of writing. Yeah. There's <laughs> definitely like eight catchphrases in this movie alone. They just keep saying the same stuff over and over. They talk about the ground is sour. They talk about dead is better. They talk about a man's heart is like stonier or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we get it. It's bad. <laughs> we won't go there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the highlight of the movie is when Gage comes back and when he attacks poor Judd, that has some of the most kind of awesome and gross imagery of the movie when he slices that Achilles tendon, that is just, I can't think of anybody who doesn't, you know, <laughs> recoil at that moment <laughs> in the movie. Go oh. ahead, Dave. No, that's, that's it. I mean, there's two things that I remember from this movie and that's Gage's shoe in the road. And then Judd's <laughs> Achilles getting slashed. And that's like, that's like the most two, like that's yeah. It was scary. Oh, I've seen somebody pop an Achilles in person before and you just watch that you 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 watch their calf muscle just snap up and mm-hmm. um oh god i can think of his noises were nowhere near the noises that this guy made <laughs> is like, oh Pepperidge <laughs> farms <laughs> he took it pretty calm i am going to say but uh ugh. yeah damn 
and then the slice across the face. And of course, Gage bites his, his neck it's, and cuts him across the face. Why so serious? <laughs> you want to know how I got these uh, scars there, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my dad. He was a drinker. <laughs> and he held the knife to me. Oh, fuck. A little Gage but, yeah, but, eating, a, eating a shrimp with all these weirded out people in the room. Go, Gage. Do you want well, to see he a is so... <laughs> Gage is so cute and evil at the same time. They did such a good... They captured that so so well that they can make a little three year old seem scary, but also adorable at the same time in his little blue uh, velvet <laughs> gown he was wearing. Oh my god! And like a top hat. Where did you get that from? You were not buried in that gauge. So he was. <laughs> so that weird picture that um, the mom and dad had in their house oh, with the yeah. little kid and the cat. He's standing there basically in the same outfit. And he's got a gray cat as well, just like in the painting with the weird, creepy kid. Yes, very subtle. I mean, (laughs) I noticed that too. I'm like, hey, that's more foreshadowing. Uh, You know, I'm artsy-fartsy. I notice these things. (laughs) But the way the little boy talks is so adorable. And, you know, and he's handling that that scalpel. And when he takes out his mom, you're like, oh, he's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) when you you say adorable and demonic – or adorable and evil. It's pretty much every three-year-old I've ever met. That is true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really because if you you look, everyone's like, oh my God, your kid is so great. And then you look behind them and there are these two bleary-eyed parents that can't figure out what the hell's going on. And they're just, you know, thinking like, oh my God, is we've got a second one on the way. That's that's I mean, when I was at when I my kid was three years old, I'm pretty sure that was a look I had on my face the whole time. Like, he's so adorable. Yes, I haven't slept in three weeks. Yeah, that is the only time I ever wanted to give away my child is that when he was three. <laughs> just put the scalpel down. Just just put it down. <laughs> put it down. But that phone call when he calls his dad after he kills Rachel, I want to play with you the way he kind of draws out the you. It's, it's adorable. Okay. It is adorable. <laughs> we, we, had to, we had to go super unbelievable. Like Gage all of a sudden knows how to operate a phone. He knows whatever area code or the the, the line for that house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call nonsense on that. That's Brussels sprouts. <laughs> That's pure BS. That's beyond, where the, the line of credibility was too beyond much for the, Yeah. Way to go, Steven. I don't know. <laughs> maybe dead, dead children who get, you know, reborn or brought back to life, they just get new skills. I mean – he gains the knowledge of the ancient Indians from the sour burial ground of how to use a rotary telephone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, and one thing I I'm sorry, I'm like- sorry, hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, so Katie, what, uh, what that is, that wasn't, that was a style of phone that actually had a rotating dial. I know on it what each the one of phone is. Neil. <laughs> I know how to use that. I'm not that young. Don't worry. I know what buttons are. It's okay. <laughs> you can't be too sure. <laughs> just trying to be helpful god well now in the in the in the movie if you just even when you bring your you know your kid back from the grave you just hand him the ipad and he's set yeah <laughs> you just give him the camera he stabs people virtually it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> just give him fruit ninja and he'll be fine <laughs> dave so what fruit ninja is, is that's a game on a device um that has a uh, <laughs> Yeah, I haven't played that one yet. <laughs> but yeah, the whole time when he takes out poor Gage, when he you know shoots him in the neck with the you know the syringe, that is, uh, you felt you just felt sorry for poor Gage. I felt bad for him. No fair. Yeah, no fair. No fair. Yeah, fuck you, kid. It is fair. Look at you, <laughs> mom. Sorry. <laughs> Do you remember the old dude crawling around with one good leg? That's not fair. <laughs> Yeah. Your mom's a goddamn pirate now. Look what you've done. <laughs> oh, listen, and that too. Oh my God. If she, okay. So if she's walked all the way from the Indian burial ground, how the hell is her eyes so still juicy? She's been outside. That would have dried up long ago. Um, it was so juicy. Absolute, absolute nonsense. <laughs> well, that made me laugh too. Darn is it. that, you know. <laughs> okay, but that also proves how how like as a species, dudes are horrible because it's like she's missing an eye, her leg is all jacked up, she smells like death. Yeah, I'm still willing, you know what I'm saying, guys? I still think I can steal the deal. 
<laughs> yeah, he dove right in there. No questions. This is, yeah, there was no hesitation to make out with his undead wife. This is <laughs> this is how pathetic we are as, a, as as the male species. No hesitation. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to like tie it into a night of drinking or something, and you wake up and you're like, "Fuck, I didn't realize she had one eye." But uh, um, <laughs> the only time that's uh, acceptable if you wake up and she looks over at you and she goes, "Ar." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but I had an old uh, uh, supervisor on one of my one of my crews back in the day, and you know during the opening introductions, um, he said that uh, if he falls, don't worry about picking his ass up; just go get his eye because it's a uh, cost five thousand dollars because he only had one eye. So find that thing when it rolls down the hill; just go get his eye, but don't worry about him. Okay, now that we're talking about one-eyed people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you, there is a very specific teacher that we went to that was at our high school, and he had the one eye. Do you remember him? He taught chemistry. Yes, I do. I did do he, remember. It took me a second, he, but now I remember. Did he, did he ever pop it out and put it in a glass of water on his desk just to trip trip you guys up? Did he ever do that? He never did. I heard many a many uh, of traumatized people say that, but he when I had chemistry, he never did. I was always waiting for that time to happen. But uh, oh god, either. yeah, he did it. He did it with us. It was so awesome. <laughs> just no chill. He just took it. And it wasn't perfectly round too, which I found disappointing. Mm. Yeah. That Did was you ever so have cool. any one-eyed teachers, Katie? <laughs> I I didn't, but I feel like if I would have, it probably would have been a science teacher because that would be a good talking point for like safety in science class, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or shop teachers missing fingers. That was the right. other thing too. <laughs> Don't play around with the saw, kids. He's like, we're going to talk about Bunsen burner safety. Pops the eye out. <laughs> Living proof. Living proof. Yeah, God, that was. I stabbed myself through the hand actually in shop class at the middle school. That's in, that's a story for a different day. <laughs> but it also shows that that Lewis is completely out of his out of his mind. He's trying to reason with himself. She's only been dead for a little bit. She'll come back just fine. She'll be much better this time. And he walks right through Pascal and he takes her to the, uh, to the burial ground. And that is good makeup effects. And it does end the movie on a uh, memorable scene with, uh, you know, him just diving in there for that, that, that to make out session with her. So gross. I think what was, I think what was more gross were those eighties jogging shorts that Pascal had on. I think that was, <laughs> Yeah, and he's stuck, he's stuck wearing that same outfit for all of the rest of his afterlife. For the rest Poor of guy. his afterlife. And I think we all know my opinion. There's there's only so much man leg that anybody needs to see. Just not – it's not a good look for anybody. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have gone. to wear plum smugglers after the, in, your, in the afterlife. He's going to. Plum just, smugglers? Yeah, you're like, oh, man, I hope <laughs> – I hope that guy doesn't shift to the left. Oh, God, he did. Yeah. Oh, God. Nobody needs that. Well, poor Pascal, too, because nobody, like, really listened to him well. I felt like, I'm like, what is your your job is to try and help these people, but no one listens? Like, that sucks. Is this your purgatory? What's happening? He needed a Whoopi Goldberg. That's what he needed. He needed. <laughs> Yo, that would have been awesome. He needed somebody to come around. and He needed to be able to focus and make that noise. And then move stuff. That would have been good. Because Pascal's just whispering like, don't, don't close that door. Don't you close that door. And then she doesn't close the door. It's just the worst powers for a ghost. Well, he can get you a rental like, car, but he can't save yeah. you. <laughs> There's that too. Well, it's he's the one too who tells, he tells the dad, he's like, hey, I'm going to bring you to this place. Don't go there, by the way. I'm like, what, Pascal? Why you don't tell him about it? Just like, <laughs> yeah. keep it to yourself and maybe we'd be okay. But that's, reverse, that's reverse psychology for the dad though, because every dad does that. Hey, when I'm gone, don't you touch the tools. But then they touch the tools, I bet. Yes. So, like, is it? Okay. So Pascal, well. was, he would, Pascal was using reverse, reverse psychology. Um, it's, this is how deep Steven went. Thank you, Mr. I King. Don't, I don't know if that works. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> you want to deny, maybe you want to deny the genius of Stephen King. I am just uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the man do his thing. Uh, how many books have you written, Katie? Uh, none. <laughs> okay, so. thank you. Right. But I am uh, a psychologist, though, so yeah. – David's written – David's written some letters. You wrote some letters to uh, the someone who lived in a penthouse or something. You wrote some letters, though, didn't you? <laughs> I, did. I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Katie's just giggling, and I hope to God she doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, I do, but it's okay because I think it's funny. Okay. That's okay, good. All right. Occasionally, I'm having like a twinge like, should I be saying this? Yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. You should say whatever you want to say. Neil. No, you don't. No, you don't want that. No. No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> well, that's Pet Cemetery. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Katie, for uh, being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm I'm happy I got a chance to talk about this movie because I really do I do like it, and kind of like you said, it's definitely cheesy. Um, some parts are scary. I think the idea is kind of scary in general because I think if there was a real pet cemetery, I think I know a lot of people who would you know, bury dead things because they didn't want to deal with their grief. So I think that aspect is what scares me about (laughs) it the most. That's a good point. That is, that is uh, very true. you know, and just like even on a micro scale, not wanting to talk about your, talk to your son about the, about his fish to even a bigger scale, of course, your, your kid and it it just how people deal with, with grief and how it um, can, uh, lack of communication can bring everything down. And that's basically, I was talking to my wife about that. It's the lack of communication and Judd. If Judd would have like kept everybody away from the pet cemetery, everything would have, none of this would have ever happened. Well, that's because he was kind of, you know, shilly shallying about that. (laughs) (laughs) He was, (laughs) he failed to act resolutely and decisively. (laughs) Which, which is how you define shilly shally, by the way. Well, thank you for that uh, grammar corner or, <laughs> or vocabulary corner. Couldn't even think of the word vocabulary. Sorry. <laughs> it's grammar. It's grammar corner. <laughs> I wrote it. Look, that's two songs I've written just right. Just the, during the course of this podcast, two songs. I love the, I love the melody, Neil. Yes. We got to be careful when we talk about scat, but that's a musical thing. Cause that takes David down to a whole other dark place. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is the this is the most caffeine I've had in a long time. I love this. I got to do this more. I'm feeling so good right now. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I'm just sitting here shaking in my chair. This is awesome. Well, Katie, you're welcome back anytime. If you want to talk about any uh, horror movie or any other movie, we appreciate you having you on. And uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. Thank you guys so, so much. And, you know, I might be able to get you guys on maybe one of our episodes if you are all willing and able to that i think would be a lot of fun if you guys wanted to come be a sister for a night <laughs> on our podcast sisters are doing it for themselves yes <laughs> <laughs> neil I'll eric, be a sister that sounds like an imdb thing neil eric and dave pretend to be sisters while going to get into a ivy league school yeah that'd be isn't that like bosom yeah. buddies with tom hanks <laughs> Yeah, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> that was a good. That was actually a pretty good show. It was funny back in the day. Yes. No, I'm still. I still actually. There's a joke from that show that I still use to this day. Still use Go it. Well, no, it's okay. So they're 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 stuck out in the woods and they're carving, and and um they're with a piece of wood and like what'd you carve? And Tom Hanks holds up his and it's this perfect little wooden car. He goes, I made a Maserati, and um the little blonde the little blonde one we'll call him Gage. Um, he's stripped the, he stripped the bark off. He goes, I'm an albino snake. <laughs> so every time, every time we're out, if like we're in a woody area, I'll take out my, my pocket knife. Like, you know how Eric, how you go everywhere, um, strap heat, you know, I usually go with like a little pocket knife mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just take the, take the bark off and, and I'll sit there. Hey, look what I made. And then that's when everyone I know looks at me and go, don't know, no, shut up. And then I'm forced to tell Chuck Norris jokes. And that's like me with a fortune cookie. Every time I open a fortune cookie, it's like, help. Help. I'm, I'm being held captive in a Chinese bakery. Yes. Yes. That's, that's my joke too. You're my, you're my soulmate, Eric. <laughs> or he, he who farts in church sits in own pew is my other one. <laughs> or when people read theirs, you have to go between the sheets at the end of yes. it. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the other good one. God, it's good to be, it's good to be an old dude. So good. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. And if you have any suggestions for us or any comments, email us at rvspodcast222 at gmail.com. I'm slowly working on the website. I've been kind of lazy, but hopefully we'll get that up uh, going here in a week or two and you'll be able to get the lesson, uh, get the um, episodes on there and comments or blog posts from uh, us as well talking about movies. So. Thank Working you very much. A website, a website Woo-hoo! for the podcast. <laughs> oh, Katie, where can we find you at? Where can people on the internet and other podcast seekers find you at? Um, well, we we have a website as well. So we're sisterswhoseenit.com. So you can go on there. There's a form where you can request a movie. You can listen to our episodes and just hear a little bit more about myself and my sister, Bridget. Um, but we're on every Basically, anywhere you get podcasts, you can listen to us. So we're Sisters Who Seen It. And we also have an email, sisterswhoseenit at gmail.com. If you would rather send us an email, that would be great. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Retro Video Store Podcast.